Today's episode is all about designing and sustaining a culture of service, specifically with frontline employees. From Engagement, I'm David Millay, and this is Flip the Switch. Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Switch, where I sit down with leaders in customer and employee experience to find strategies and tactics that we can apply to the sports and entertainment industry. Sometimes we do these episodes with people who I've never met before. Other times our guests are close friends or former colleagues. Today's episode falls into the latter category. Our guest today is Kevin Gober, the Senior Director of Employee and Guest Experience for the Atlanta Hawks. Kevin and I worked together for a long time at Disney Institute, and this is actually the first former Disney Institute colleague that we've had on the show. Kevin and I were a part of the sports crew in our heyday. While I was more on the strategy and sales side of things for Disney Institute, Kevin was really on the content and facilitation side of the house. Anytime we had a big customer service training, whether it be for 10,000 volunteers at the Super Bowl or for different teams in the NBA, you could find Kevin killing it on stage. One of the things that made Kevin a great facilitator, but more importantly, a great leader, is his ability to relate to people. As soon as we jump in, you'll see that he has a great power to influence others because of his humbleness, how down to earth he is, and how he genuinely cares about getting to know and lifting up other human beings. Working in sports can be tough. Long hours, not much pay. Hell, right now, a lot of people in sports aren't even working. I believe in order to be an effective leader in the world of sports and entertainment, you must genuinely care for other human beings. That includes your customers, your employees, your third-party partners, your family, and everyone in between. Since Kevin's career at Disney Institute came to a close, Kevin has been that effective, caring leader in both the NFL and the NBA. When he first left Disney Institute, he landed with the Philadelphia Eagles as their director of merchandise, which makes sense as Kevin ran the Emporium at Disney's Magic Kingdom. If you're familiar with the Magic Kingdom, the Emporium is the shop to your left on Main Street, USA. If you're not familiar with Magic Kingdom and the Emporium, suffice it to say that every day is like Black Friday there, with guests from around the world buying tangible souvenirs after a long day running around the Magic Kingdom. After the Eagles, Kevin went to work for the Miami Heat, where he served as the Heat's chief of culture and engagement. And for the last two years since the Atlanta Hawks have been moving into their new arena, Kevin's been with the team leading their efforts to enhance the experiences they create for the people they serve. All right, enough about Kevin. Let's give a quick content preview for this episode. Being that Kevin and I are both Disney Institute guys, we sort of naturally fell into this bucket of talking about culture. For this conversation, we really focus on how the Hawks are preparing their frontline staff to deliver great experiences to their fans. Much of the Hawks approach focuses on this core belief that the extent to which you genuinely care about your employees is the extent to which your employees will care for your customers. As Kevin will highlight for us, that belief shapes how they hire, how they train, how they care for, and how they communicate with their employees. Those areas of focus also happen to be the core content areas of Disney Institute's culture content. For those of you who've always wondered, 
here's how Disney Institute's content worked when Kevin and I were there. It's likely evolved slightly since I left almost three years ago. So take this for whatever it's worth. So ultimately, there are three buckets of content, leadership, culture, service. Even though we marketed ourselves as customer experience, everything sort of revolved around leading a culture of service. And here's why we did it that way, right? From a sales perspective, there were way more executives who were willing to buy, hey, come help me with my customer experience or train my people to smile when they're working with our customers. Way more of those type of executives than there were executives who were humble enough to say, hey, my culture needs improvement and I need someone else to help me. Even though culture is probably the hardest element to get right as a leader, and we don't learn how to create that culture in school. My point is, anyone from coming, anyone coming from Disney Institute is going to have a pretty good theoretical foundation for how to lead and create culture. The really hard part, though, is sustaining and evolving that culture. And that's what we really didn't teach much of at Disney Institute, because it's such a personal organization by organization thing. And that's where Kevin's background as a leader at Disney in the Disney operation actually comes into play because he's been there and he's led successful cultures himself. But I would argue that what's even more important to sustaining and evolving your culture is having leaders like Kevin who have natural curiosity and genuine care for other humans combined with the organization C-suite team who embody and encourage a spirit of entrepreneurship. You're going to see as we talk about different things in this episode that the ideas that Kevin are coming up with are sometimes things that have never been done in this industry. And those ideas will get pooped on by senior leadership if they don't have that sense of entrepreneurship. So it's one thing to know all these things, but unless you've got an organization that supports those ideas and supports those theories getting tested in the practice, you're going to fail. So I've rambled on long enough. Let's jump into this conversation with Kevin Gober. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, David Malay? How you doing, man? It is uh, good to have you on. Uh, we caught up earlier this week uh, and we hadn't talked in a, in a little bit, but obviously we work together at Disney Institute and have been on quite a few road trips together. So The fun days. <laughs> the fun days. I'm excited <laughs> to jam out with you here for the next hour. Yeah, excited here too, man, uh, to share. It's great catching up. And uh, hey, man, uh, applaud you for what you're doing in the business. Hey, keep it moving. Keep it moving. I appreciate it. Well, let's jump in. Uh, obviously, with us, it, I think the real topic today is ultimately creating and sustaining a culture by design. So why don't we get into that? Uh, first of all, let's talk about how you view culture and what does culture mean to you and, and the organizations that you're a part of? Well, funny thing, right? And you know, I've been a part of a lot of uh, strong cultures, whether it be, you know, the mouse, <laughs> where we share time at Disney or the NFL or the NBA. And uh, culture over the last probably five or six years has been the C-suites conversation. Um, how do we build it? How do we sustain it? You know, what really is it? And I, I define culture as what people do when you're watching or when someone's not watching, right? It's your instinctive behavior or of how you behave and, and the things that you do to, we're talking about experience, right? The things that people do to bring about an exceptional experience. 
And uh, it, it's just that simple. We try to put this this overarching, you know, veil on what culture is, but it's really simple. It's how people behave to to obtain the desired results, because everybody is listening here. They have some type of measured result that they're after. Right. So how do you get people to do that consistently, repeatedly over and over again? And I'll say, how do you get people to be their own competition? Right. Hmm. How do you. What do you mean by that? I'm exceptional at what I do in greeting people. Right. Or welcoming people into an arena and a stadium or guiding them to their location. Right. And I do it over and over again. Right. Our venues have multiple uh, events and games and things like that. So I got to do it night in and night out. So how do I challenge myself to be the best self that I can be? Right. You know, and, and really, that's that's just it. You've got to when a sprinter has the world record. How does he challenge himself to make that to break that record? And and culture is no different. When when I've got the best, when we hire the best, when we train the best, when we engage the best, how do they continue to make themselves better? Man, that's 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 how I view culture. I love it. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about that. And obviously, you've been with the Hawks now uh, for how about how long? About two, two years. Two years. About two years. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how you've approached implementing or creating that culture uh, within the Hawks organization. Obviously, they've had some senior leaders that have been there, but you kind of had to build a little bit of a new team uh, when you came in, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we, we basically. So when I when I started here in September of 18, we were not even in the building. You know, the funny thing is when you get to a new facility, new job. You know, you've got your desk set up and you've got some trinkets and T-shirts or whatever the case may be. Look, dude, when I got to Atlanta uh, and State Farm Arena, I was given a hard hat. (laughs) Right. Because we weren't even in the building yet. Uh, and you were down here and seeing some of that renovation. We weren't oh, even yeah, we, we, we were across the street. We yeah, were in the those exactly. weird, the weird corporate buildings. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, so I think the first piece here was the acknowledgement from, uh, multiple senior level, uh, leaders who I, who I partner with now. Uh, and the, the, the key thing was they say it, we have to build this culture thing. It's like this culture yeah. thing. Yeah, we've got to build this culture and we've got to uh, start, start fresh, start over. Uh, we need you to help us do that. And uh, so for me, that was the that was the biggest win. The acknowledgement of we need to know how to do that or we need an expert or someone who's done that before to come in and help. Yeah. Right. So acknowledging that we've got some opportunities with how we treat our people, how we hire our people, how we engage our people. Um, and so that was the that was the baseline win. From that point, I'm like, oh, this is going to be right. A piece of cake, you know, air quotes, piece of cake. Air quote. <laughs> um, but basically, then it was about, OK, who are my colleagues? Right. In leadership. Right. What's the mindset of our exec team? Um, what are we really trying to accomplish? And then I basically started with that old adage that, you know, and a lot of you on listening on this call know uh, you have to start hiring for attitude. You got to hire the happy, friendly, excited, energetic, sports related or not sports. Right. Experienced person. Right. Someone who just loves to engage with people. And uh, and so that's where we started. I started that, man, from my leadership team. 
And that permeated it throughout the entire organization. Right. And then, you know, as leaders, me going in as a new leader uh, in that organization, but coming from 25 years of leadership experience in multiple backgrounds, retail included, leaders have to be courageous in saying, uh, you're not really a culture fit. Right. Once you define what your culture is and what you want it to be, because what you started with, we're talking about a culture by design. Yeah. Which means we've got to be intentional about who we hire, the knowledge we enhance them with because they're coming with some knowledge and then how we engage them and how we empower them to run their area. So so really it was it was ground up, man, with with going out and finding energetic, excited, you know, happy uh, people who wanted to be a part of the organization. And then we helped build together how we wanted to um, appear in front of our fans, with our fans and how we wanted our fans to feel. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll segue and say, yeah, back it up before you can talk about how you want your fans or guests to feel. I had to talk about how I wanted my employees, my leadership team to feel right. That whole internal service quality. Before you get to the external, you know that also well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's interesting. Uh, like let, let's let's talk a little bit about it, right? I, I think from our days at Disney Institute, there was somewhat of a simplistic framework where once you defined what you wanted that culture to be, what you once you defined how you wanted your employees to feel and your customers to feel, underneath that there was kind of this framework of selection training. Communication, yeah, yeah. yeah. communication yeah. and care, right? Yes, yes. Um, but let, let's so let's talk into that. Um, one, how did you define? What were the exercises that you went through to define how you wanted your employees, your leadership team, to feel? How did you go through that process? So it was it was a matter of conversations, right? You know, I'm I'm, I'm big in the training space, in the L and D space, right? So it was exercises with not only my leaders, right, my my mid level leaders my executive leaders, and then my new hires who were going to be on the front line, right? It was conversations with them and surveys with them and exercises with them around, right? What is a, what is a great experience, exceptional, you know, service experience, the basics, right? What's the exceptional service experience? How did you feel from that, right? What did you get from that? Was there any, any connection with you and the person, right? And when we unpack that, oh man, I felt great because they did something that I wasn't expecting, Right. And they went beyond being my server. Right. To being, you know, a, a connection. And we dug deeper in that. And what it alluded to or what it got to was that server, that usher, that whoever fill in the blank, created an emotional connection. Right. So now let's take it internal. That exec, I had to get them to create an emotional connection with that frontline employee. Hmm. Right. And so what happened was it's pretty cool. Those three levels, exec mid-level leaders, frontline, some of the same sentiments came out of the questioning and the activity of how they felt when they received an exceptional experience and how they wanted to provide an exceptional experience. So those were the buzz, right? So if you were doing a, um, a word art. Oh yeah, the, right? the wordles or whatever, word cloud. Yeah, the yeah. word cloud. Some of those same things rang true. So it made my life easy because, wow, you felt like this, right? Senior level. Do you, you remember what some of those words were? Some of those words were uh, um, uh, happy. Uh, some of them were, believe it or not, excited. Some of them were special, which means mm. made me feel special. Some of them were value, 
Some of it was appreciated. Some of, some of it was as simple as wow. Right? People responded, I felt like yeah. a wow. Right. Yeah. was wow. Uh, and so so those were some of the themes that came out of that. And then the backstory uh, or, the, or the back work was, all right, here's the word cloud. All of you said the same thing. So we're speaking the same language because typically, right, um, you have a disconnect sometimes between frontline, you know, and our leadership teams. And so that's the first thing. Get everybody on the same page. Right. How do we want to feel with each other? And then how do we want our guests to feel? So it was activities at different levels. It was bringing out the sentiments of how they felt as a fan, a guest, a customer, a client. And then it was right, uh, uh, relating that to how we turn that over to our guests to feel because it's the same thing. Right. Did, did you I'm curious, did you put together any kind of internal statement as to here's what we want to here's the type of experiences we want to deliver internally? Here's the here's a statement for what we want to do externally. I guess formally, what did you guys create? So 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 <laughs> you've heard this for many, many years now. We established a common purpose. I, I right? have. <laughs> <laughs> right. We because I, I didn't know if you actually did that or not. Go yeah, ahead. we actually established a common purpose. And uh, and and I have conducted I, again. I treat everybody as equal. Right. So, again, my execs, my GM, my CEO, my COO, right, all the way through my front line. I would do this. Uh, you're going to shake your head, but I do this simplistic exercise about close your eyes. Right. Point. Which way you think is north <laughs> and you get all the people pointing in different di directions. Right. And you realize we don't know where the heck we're going because we don't we don't know where north is. Right. So we established our common purpose, which is what we call our true north. So everybody knew we were after creating extraordinary, memorable experiences for our guests. Right. Got it. So that's the first piece, our common purpose. Here's what we're trying to do. Then I would take them through an activity in some of the same sessions. Well, who's your guest? Because some people may not actually engage with our frontline guests that are coming through our doors, coming into our stadiums, our arenas, our venues. They may be in accounts payable, yep. accounts receivable, right? So who's your guest? Now we got to identify who our guest is. So if I'm not uh, connecting with the, the end user, if you will, our fan, our guest is coming into our venues, then I've got to support my internal guests with the same level of, of, of uh, attention, excitement, energy, if you will. Uh, so, yeah, so we established a common purpose. We understood where our true north is. And then we broke it down. When you talk about the internal mantra for us, it was or it is smile, hmm. smile. It, 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 it's instinctive. Right. But it's it's a reminder when you go on the floor that you have to smile, right? Literally smile. But then you bring it to life. You show that, hey, man, we're we're in hot Atlanta, dude. We ain't one of the greatest places, you know, in the country. So it's that southern hospitality that we bring to life. Right. We 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 make it memorable. We make it memorable. Uh, individuals in this arena, in this business matter. That's the I. Then we listen and we learn. And then, of course, we work hard to empower you, everybody, to do their job without asking questions. So, so that's that internal mantra that we we live by. Right? We smile. And uh, when you say smile, what do you do? <laughs> you smile. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's hard yeah. to say the word smile without actually smiling. Right. And I, I do really think and, and obviously this is work that 
as you know, part of the work that we do at engagement is helping organizations create what are and design the, those those processes behind the scenes that allow for great experiences on the back end right. or on the front end to customers, if you will. Um, so you got to start there, right? You got to actually have what is your true north? Where are we trying to go before you can start getting into the tactics of how do we hire the right people, et cetera? Right. Right. Um, so, okay. so, so, okay. so I'll jump there. Then. Right. So once you establish that now, you know what you're looking for when you're hiring. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that actual process that you guys got into. Cause I was, when I was with, uh, when I, I first jumped out of Disney, one of the first projects I worked on was before you got there at the Hawks, mm-hmm. trying, starting to get that culture ramped up and, and started. And so, uh, you guys came in and you, right as I was leaving, we were starting to have conversations about the hiring process and what yeah. that looked like. Yeah. So talk to us about the specifics of how you guys are doing onboarding now for, all of your staff and tell us a little bit about your staff that you you have. So the cool thing is, man, and, and we've morphed over time, you know, uh, coming out of 18, when we reopened, uh, I believe it was the uh, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, business journal, right? We actually won a, um, you know, uh, was awarded for our hiring practices. One of the things that was really cool that we did uh, coming back into the arena because we couldn't hire or interview or anything like that in the arena. You know, we use what we had around us. So think those that are on this call, think about those things external to your venue that's around you. That's also great attractions. We had a Ferris wheel right downtown, right? Atlanta. We did hiring for our supervisory staff on Ferris wheels. We call them coaches and captains on the Ferris, on wheel, the Ferris wheels, on the Ferris cool. wheel. Right. So we mirrored our, our, um, our smile ambassadors, uh, senior leaders all the way through mid-level leaders and prepared them with potential prospects for coaches, captains, which are always supervisors and did interviews right there on the Ferris wheel. One of my first engagements here was over uh, about two blocks away from state farm arena, the aquarium, the Georgia aquarium, one of the best aquariums in the country. And um, um, and we actually had frontline interviews right there at the aquarium. So right, you're so walking cool. through the aquarium talking about, so David, how do you like to engage people? Tell me about an exceptional service experience and this big whales flying over your head or swimming over your head in the tank, right? That's so, pretty cool. You create the experience for them that you want them to create for your fans or your guests. Right now, fast forward next year, we started doing multiple level interviews. So what does that mean? Our same execs, mid-level managers, we took them through some training on what it really means to hire the right fit talent. Right fit talent means people that, that fit within your culture. So what we did, we had everybody on the arena floor. We, we created this pomp and circumstance as they came into our building because now we had a venue uh, as they came into our building. We treated it as if it was a game day or an event day, took them down to escorting them around the building, uh, took them to some of our restaurants, concessions, if you will, had them a nice treat, escorted them down on the court. Uh, and we conducted culture interviews. Right. All those things that I talked about earlier about what culture is, we asked that line of questioning. We saw how proactive they were or were not. We saw how how energetic they were or were not. So we did our culture interviews. If, and this is a powerful statement at any level of leadership, if they did not fit or pass that culture interview, hey, we thanked them. 
we gave them a care packet, a T-shirt and a hat. And we said, hey, right. Thank you. But at this time, right, we're going we're not going to move forward with you. We really would love you to be a fan. So here's some paraphernalia to represent your Atlanta Hawks. Thank you. We hope to see you in the arena. Who does that when you're not getting the job? I, I love that you did that for people <laughs> that didn't get the job. Right? Because it, it leaves them not with a bad taste in their mouth. Like exactly. so many of us have felt when we get rejected from a job interview. Right. You know, we, we, we talked about it in, in our Disney days. The gracious decline. Right. Um, so. Next step, if you were a culture fit, you were then passed on. We escorted you up into our suite and premium levels. And then you had your departmental interviews where we segmented those interviews, whatever you were, guest experience, security, procure, whatever the case may be. Right. We separated those and then hired them uh, or, or interviewed them to that in that degree. Some of them still didn't make that. Right. Mm. You weren't a right fit. David. Hey, man, I really like you. Love the energy. Um, I think, man, you shouldn't be in security. You should be in guest experience because they like to really right go overboard and have fun. And so we would share and swap. So it was a team effort throughout the building. OK, so I'm, <laughs> I've got I've got two major things that I want to talk on. So I I, I almost because, like, you know, I can talk all day, I, dude. I know. Well, well the, these two points, I think, are really big. Something two things that you said. Uh, one, talking about culture, hiring for cultural fit. And that's one topic. And then the other topic I want to talk about is that you just mentioned is you weren't having Pritchard go hire their people on on their own. You weren't having your third party vendors go hire on their own and then show up on game day. You guys were working on a collaborative effort. That's a whole nother conversation I want to get into. But okay. let, let's start with kind of hiring for cultural fit, because I think it's relevant in our time right now. I, I kind of have beef with with the thought of hiring for people that fit our culture. For me, I more think of it as like, you got to be hiring people that add value to our culture and further and advance our culture. Cause I think so many, so often, like we get into this dangerous trap as leaders being like, we've got to hire people that fit our culture. But if you hire people that just fit your culture, you're going to hire a bunch of people that look like you, that have the same kind of experience as you. I mean, how do you think about that dichotomy between those two things. That's beautiful because before you said it, it was in my mind, right? It's not, and let's be clear, it's not hiring people who look like you, who look like me, who right, who look like the the existing employees. It's not that. And and so we need to be that's interesting, right? Because we really need to be clear in this climate that we're in. Yeah. Right. And in, in, in this in this in this state of inequality and injustice that's that's real. And perceived for some, you know, we really have to be clear about that. It's not about hiring people who look like you or just hiring your demographic in the region that you're in. Or it, even it, people that have the same experiences as you. Right. right? Or, or, or people that went to the same schools or the same experiences. It's not that. For example, I've had to be comfortable with, and I have been for a long time, I had to be comfortable with someone coming into the interview, um, not necessarily suited and booted like me. Mm. Right. And and I've relaxed that kind of feel now where suited and booted might be just half suited because they got jeans and shoes <laughs> on. Right. <laughs> but but coming in, be you. Right. We, we allow people to come in and be you. If you're a dancer, because we love people to dance in our arena with our guests. If you're a dancer and you're in that interview and the music comes on because we play a lot of music and you just, you know, get busy. Right. For those that can't see me, they're dancing. That's what get busy is. Right. They're dancing and they're being themselves or they're singing that song or whatever the case may be. Or 
they're engaging with someone else to make them feel better. That's who they are. Right. And so, yeah, it's yeah. not about people that look like you or just just fitting the demographic in your space. You got to get outside of that thinking. And that's what kind of we mean about by, by, by cultural fit. Right. Um, understanding for us, the E and smile is empowerment. Mm-hmm. I want you to come in and do something different. You have the green light to do something different. Okay. And and that's cool. And we have to be cool with that as leaders, right? Let people be who they are. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Well, let's talk about that second aspect then, which is really uh, not letting your third parties kind of go do their thing in their vacuum, right? Bringing everybody together and uniting everybody and saying, Hey, we're one team. Fan doesn't know the difference between whether you work for Pritchard or Levy or Aramark or whoever the concessionaire is. How do we bring everybody together? Can you talk to us a little bit about how you how you merged those different groups? You know, it's just like that common purpose that you may have. Right. That mission, that 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 driving charge, that true north. Right. One of those things, too, internally is one team, one purpose. Right. We cannot just put a mantra, a slogan, a mission or whatever on the wall and say, that's what we do. We've got to live it. So we talk about one team, one purpose, because to your point, they don't the guests, the fans don't delineate between, you know, uh, Arena, Levy, uh, Aramark, Pritchard, who at CSC. They don't they don't distinguish between that. You're an employee of that arena. So let's make sure that we partner at the leadership level. Right. With our partners, our outside contractors partner and make sure they understand what our purpose is. Right. What our culture is, what we're trying to do with the fan experience, the the guest experience and all of that. And so we've got them to buy in to what we do. Um, I've worked with some of our, our Levy execs in another location. They understand it. How, how did you how do you do that? You say you get them to buy in. How do you actually get them to buy in? Because Pritchard, for instance, was there before you got there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine it was written into their contract. Pritchard was there. Levy was there. Yes. Talk to us about how you got them to buy into that and actually start. I mean, even to the point of where they're, you're sharing and swapping people on on game day. So 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 where does it start? It starts at the exec level. Yeah. Right. We've got to get the execs to buy in, connect it. When we talk about experience, we're talking about, again, a rational versus an emotional connection, rational connection for our vendors say, wow, we got this contract. That's rational, man. It's going to be great for the bottom line. An emotional connection goes beyond that, as we know, to say leadership for these organizations need to connect. Right. Our leadership, our execs, our GM need to connect with their president, vice president, leadership. Right. And connect and understand our purpose, our true north and create that emotional connection. So that's relationship. So you're not even talking about the general manager. I'm not even there yet. You're you're above that. I'm above that. We have to start. Right. We have to start from the top. Right. And let that feeling, let that culture permeate throughout. So once I get to the site manager, right, he or she understands, oh, wow, man, they get along. They connect. I'm a part of this building. I'm not an outsider. So that's that's the first thing. Make sure they don't feel like an outsider. And once you develop, develop that relationship, dude, everything is 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 milk and honey from that point. I'll give you a solid example. Uh, When I got into the building, to your point, Pritchard was there. I sought out 
the site manager for Pritchard. We uh, exchanged, you know, names and information. We had coffee. We had lunch. Right. I walked with him during games and events to see what his team was doing. I met his team. I went to his stand ups. Right. To talk to him briefings, to talk to his folks. I went to his uh, dark day sessions where he was, you know, talking to his people. Hey, I'm KG, y'all. I'm in this with you. Uh, show me how to mop. Show me. Right. Those kinds of things. And wow. They're like, oh, wow. We they're in this with us. And yeah. so that's the thing. Right. So now fast forward to your question. You'll come back to your question. Hey, help us bring in the right fit people. Help you. By all means, that's what I wanted to do six months ago. <laughs> but it took this journey. Right? Yeah. It took this journey for us to develop relationships and for us to be on the common ground. Uh, and so your corporate understands what we're doing. So they buy in relationships, man. Let's let's talk specifically. Uh, we, we probably didn't intend to talk this much about this, but I, I'm fascinated by it because I haven't heard of other people doing this. But it's something we've been pushing with people that we're talking to and our clients of getting here's the challenge right and you you know this when you switch vendors on game day whether it be a concessionaire whether it be a security staff whether it be usher staff parking staff whatever it might be when you switch vendors in most situations they take that database of names and it goes with them and people are then working for that vendor as opposed to working for the building which goes against y'all's whole mantra of one team or one purpose one team um so how did you guys get to the, uh, we, we talked about getting there, but what does it actually look like in practice when people are, you're interviewing everybody together, you're getting everybody into your database as opposed to just living in that Pritchard or Levy database. Talk to us a little bit about kind of the tactics there. Let's, let's dial down into okay. how you guys do that. So, so we talked early on setting the, setting the framework, right? Selection, yep. Yep. training, engagement. That's where it comes to the engagement piece. Right. So uh, it, last year when I was in guest experience and I've switched a little bit over the last few months, when I was solely in guest experience, I saw no lines. I saw no divide. So, again, as I mentioned, I would stand at the magnetometers outside of the building to help invite guests in. Right. And encourage my security team. Right. I was as much as I could in our food and beverage spaces, encouraging that team. Um, and so they got to know me as not KG, Senior Director of Guest Experience, they got to know me as KG, right? And so I would have fun with them, engage them, excite them. And I got my entire leadership team to do that, including my GM, any of my execs that were in the building. I made sure, hey, this is so-and-so, our chief people officer. Hey, this is, right, John. Oh, hi, right? She sits in your section. All those relationships. And the crazy thing is, it got to the point because of that engagement I started having food and beverage people. I started having Pritchard folks. I had started having security. KG, we want to work in guest experience. Hey, we want to work in guest experience. Right. And so that started happening. Right. Um, no, no shot, negative shot to their leadership team, but I wanted to engage the building. So when you get that, we want to work in guest experience. Now you have their attention and then you share with them the importance Right. The value that they have in their current role, mm. you know, so it now is that sense of belonging in the building. So now here's what we do. 
everything from a rewards and recognition standpoint, everything from an anniversary and, and birthday, everything from a, you know, a veterans wall that we might have up, we include everybody. So they don't see themselves, right, for the most part as separate. You know, and now they see themselves as belonging to the building. I took it as far in corporate training of all the arena staff, which I have purview over now. I took it in there to say, you are a State Farm Arena employee. However, you might work in security. You might work in guest experience. You might work in food and beverage. You might work in housekeeping. But you are a State Farm Arena employee. Right. That sense of belonging. Right. So now guess what we have? their allegiance, right? We have their buy-in. We have, oh, y'all leaving? You know, this contract's over? I'm staying here, <laughs> right? Because of that, Beautiful. how they feel. Yeah. What's what we started talking about with culture, how you make people feel. So I think it's great. And I think a lot of teams try this where they try to do what you're saying, where they try to tell all their people, you're part of our building. Uh and, and they might even go so far as to include people within all the different third parties in that one overarching training. Mm-hmm. But something that you mentioned, even just the rewards and recognition program, it, it doesn't the training aspect is the kickstart. That's like the baseline. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have to have these support pillars to support what you're right. training every single day. Well, so t- well, go ahead. Talk, well, talk a little well, bit about that. When you talk about culture being what people do, those are behaviors. Right. So you set smile for us, our behaviors. We want you to smile. We want you to engage. We want you right. When we talk about create memorable moments, you have to do something. So you have this set of behaviors that become, as you mentioned, your pillars. Well, how do you reinforce behaviors? You reward and recognize. Right. We, 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 we learned in our Disney life that you seek people out doing right things. You catch seek, people doing things right. Right. Catch people doing things right versus, you know, peeking around the corner. Oh, they're leaning. They're on their phone. I'm going to get them. Ah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story, right? When I, when I've seen people in my history as a leader, whether it be retail, whether it be sports, when I peek around the corner or just happen to come up on them and they're on their phone, I just look and I go, David, come on, David. (laughs) Hey, it's okay. But you know, you owe me, right? Yeah. Yeah. KG. Okay. Right. So you owe me. Right kind of thing, right? Uh, not not the Godfather kind of stuff, you know. When I call on you to do a favor, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's relationship, you yeah. know. That's relationship, and so we have to reward the behaviors that we expect. Yeah, you know? and and it's basic, folks. That's listening, I understand this is basic, nothing mind blowing. But what we've always said was it's common sense. But common sense is not always common practice and it has to be repetitive, right? Over and over and over again so that those behaviors are replicated, duplicated, shared, that kind of thing. Let's talk specifically a little bit about the rewards and recognition program that you guys have for game day staff. Uh, and and, and I, I also want to ask, is it the same for internal staff? Look. Let's talk a little bit about how you guys approach rewards and recognition yeah, specifically. That's, that's good. That's good. And before I go there, I'll drop this caveat. I understand being in multiple locations. Every building's not the same. You yeah. don't you don't have your own team. You don't manage the building. You might have multiple you know teams or units or things that happen in that building. So I understand that this might not be able. What I'm talking about might not be able to be duplicated. 
right? But it can be adapted to your organization, right? Um, so rewards and recognition for our, our start with our game day event staff. We do the big things like everybody else does, right? It might be, we call them smile maker because we call our folks, we don't call them ushers and greeters and security. We call them smile makers, mm. right? So we have what we call smile maker of the month. Right. We have what we call our MVP, which a culmination of smile makers of the month throughout the year into an MVP. One big deal at the end of the year. Um, we do things like uh, what we call walk in my shoes. We might have our execs, uh, arena execs and non arena execs come work alongside in uniform, as we would say at Disney, in costume next to our frontline members. That's building relationships. That's also giving you a connect like, wow. This is the GM, you know, uh, scanning badges like me. You know, that is a form of recognition and also building that emotional connection. Tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, it's <laughs> you, something it's something. OK, so, so you we leaned were, in on that one. <laughs> we were we were uh, I, I was talking with the school last year about it. And and one of the senior directors, I, I said, hey, imagine the the CEO of this organization Uh picking up trash with a trash picker and the guy laughed. He's like, ha ha, like we could ever get that to happen. And I was kind of like, well, why not? Like, why yeah. couldn't you have that happen? So talk to us about how you kind of got the senior exec team to do that and tell us how that program works. I've got, I've got a great story, man. And uh, if he's listening or, or some of his colleagues are listening, I'm sure I'm going to get a text from him when this, you know. I'm going <laughs> to send him the link. So don't worry. Right. So, so I'll just put it this way. A previous organization that I was with. Okay. Well, we did mystery shops. And if you got 100% on your mystery shop, we would, on event day, game day, we'd come to your location, your briefing, your stand-up with balloons and cupcakes and, and, and horn noisemakers and all those kinds of things. I would invite, right, the execs of that area and any execs that were MODs for that shift to that session. And um, I asked- man, man, Manager on duty, by the way. Manager on duty. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get carried away here. Manager on duty, right. So I said to- in this location, our highest level executive, our president, I said, hey, I need you to come to this briefing next Tuesday and thank them for this 100% score. He's like, uh, that's just not really me. I, I support you and whatever you need. I said, okay. About two days later, I said, hey, remember now, next Tuesday, I need you at the briefing at such and such a place to help support. KG, come on, man. I, I, that's not me. So it's probably about a day later or a day before that event or even the morning of I say, what's up? How you doing? You all right today? I'm excited, man. We got a game tonight, whatever the case may be. I say, uh, looking forward to seeing you there tonight. Right. And he was like, just dropped his head. So, so a couple things, and I'll tell you what the result was persistence on my part, knowing that the staff needed it, right. The recognition, the notoriety, the connection, the, 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 the sense of, wow, that's the president. Oh, wow, that's the GM or fill in the blank, right? Long story short, time for that briefing. We're at the briefing. I'm standing in front, probably of about 25 people starting conducting the briefing. You know, I can get loud and, and, and make noise and, 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 and cheer and all that kind of stuff. And just as I got started, walking up to the back to join the other, probably had about three vice presidents there. My GM was there um, and some other mid-level managers, leaders were there. And just as I started, our president walked up 
And I was like, yes. And so I knew I had to set him up not to talk, not to make a speech. And so I went on with my thing and I said, wow, this really must be something exciting. It is 100%. But look, turn around. Y'all got the man here, right? You got the man. And he did one of these. Woo! <laughs> he threw his hands up. He was shaking his hands like we had just won the NBA championship. Right. I kind of let off what team that was. But <laughs> but <laughs> what that did and hear me clear, not just for our frontline staff, what that did for all the leaders there to see. His, they said he's never done that before. Now, he's very vocal in rewards and recognition and and, and, and and staff meetings and town halls, very vocal, very engaging in that aspect. This was a little bit out of his comfort zone. What's the moral of that story? As, a, as senior leaders, we've got to get out of our comfort zone. I say it this way. We've got to get out of our own way and make sure we're doing the things that are asked of us from our frontline leaders, right, to engage and connect with our frontline staff. Because that's a reward and recognition that cost us nothing. It, it and, and, it's more, and it's more powerful than any TV. More powerful or anything like than that. anything. Now, it, it might have cost me a little angst because I asked them a third time. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I was confident in what I needed to do. And guess what? As leaders, it's not about us. It's about the people that we lead at every level. So if, if that's if you get nothing else from this conversation, get out of your own way, step out of your own comfort zone, and think about the people on the front line. Some of you already do this, I know. But let's do it even more because they 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 appreciate it and they value it. Beautiful. Yeah. Um I think we still haven't hit this point. We we get we keep going down rabbit holes which I love. <laughs> That's what we do on this show. That's good. Um, but uh okay, so going back to the rewards and recognition program. One of the things I think that you guys did was you basically used the reward and recognition program to get all the third parties to come together and say, Hey, let's put all of our names in the same database. Right. Is yeah. that, is that yes. kind of how it works? Yes. One of the things I've done, uh, or one of my, my, my leaders, uh, my direct reports have done over the last probably five months is work to build a global database. So my role now is not just guest experience. Uh, as I said earlier, my purview now is the entire arena staff. So all 11 to 1200 uh, event game day staff, I'm responsible for the learning and development aspect and the employee engagement aspect. Okay. So we've worked to put together a global database so that all of those how, food and beverage all of those housekeeping, all of the internal folks are in one database. So they get the same message. Outside vendors, contract, they get the same message as arena staff. And that's been huge. Uh, when we were, when I was not in that capacity and I was piloting things, for example, rewards and recognition. For guest experience last year, we sent out what we call birthday boxes. Okay. Right? And that was just for the guest experience team, probably 300 people. Um, but, but news got out. So we would give birthday boxes to them, right? What's a birthday box? Birthday box is literally a little small box. We would have a birthday card in there signed by all the leadership and guest experience. We had a bag of pop. Last year was movie night theme. We had a bag of popcorn in there. We had a gift card for a red box movie uh, and another little movie type trinket. And the, and the design of the card was like movie, happy birthday, something. And we cool. gave those to all, you know, the month of your birthday. And it got out to our partners like, where, where's my birthday box? 
Uh, just get, yours is coming. This guest experience we're building. Da, 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 da. <sighs> we're piloting, but they feel a certain kind of way because they talk to each other. Yeah. They connect with each other. So, of course, as we move into this new year, right, that's something that will take, you know, globally across the organization. Once again, just to make people feel connected and as one team, you know. And so that's just a, one other phase of recognition. Of course, we have our our celebrations. We we love karaoke down here in Atlanta. So we have karaoke parties, man. Uh, all of those little things that 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 matter. I, I keep distracting you. So, but part of that birthday box, you got to know what those employees' birthdays are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's database, kinda, right? Yeah, all that's in a database. So this global yeah. database is who you are, where you work, how long you've worked there, your email, the right email address, the right phone number. Uh, again, birthday, anniversary, all of those you know special things that you might like. So on certain days, we we might just random acts of kindness come up to you, David. Hey, I know you're a Skittles guy. Here's a bag of Skittles for you, man. Enjoy That's the so day. Cool. Right. So, so yeah, cool. that global database is all encompassing of things that that's important to that individual. Remember, the eye and smile is individuals matter. Yep. Right. It's, so, and, and if you're treating people like individuals. Right. Knowing what their favorite candy is or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, it's, it's so yeah. Huge. So we feed all that in the database, man. And my team manages that database. Uh, and it, and it's really cool. It's productive. Are you, this is a, this is a sidebar. This is the, the show. I mean, we, we just go all in all over the place. Uh, <laughs> are, are you, are you guys taking that same type of intentional recognition program for the arena staff and applying it internally to front office staff as well? Yes. What, what's yes. been the conversation there? So, so front office, we do things like Smile Week. So we kicked off last year's season with a week of events, everything from uh, food trucks outside of the arena and just hanging out, you know, in front of the arena, kind of picnic-ish uh, food truck event, everything from, you know, uh, uh, golfing locations, you know, the virtual golfing locations, <laughs> um, uh, everything from, our town halls, when we have our town halls, there's always a raffle included. And then yeah. we have what we call like our smile awards or smile cards where, you know, I've seen you do something really, really great. And I submit your name for a smile award and just, you know, electronically send it to HR. So all those kinds of things, traditional things, right? Yeah. Um, traditional things, uh, have day work some days, you know, those kinds of things, uh, you know, are I, I think this is a form of recognition uh, recognition and communication and transparency where our CEO does what we call a bull session. So quarterly, he'll, he'll solicit questions from the full-time staff and he'll just come and do a one man uncensored town hall. Hmm. Right. And he'll just answer those questions. You know, any and everything is on the table. Right. To be very transparent. I think it's recognition because you're letting me inside the business. Yeah. Right. You're you're entertaining my personal questions. So not only do we have to we can send questions via email, we can stand up in that session and ask a question, you know, and it's 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 uh, it's humorous. Right. It's it's, of course, lately, you know, it's been serious, yeah. you know, with the with the with the. Um, the, the the health crisis, the the racial crisis that we're faced right now, you know, it's all of that. But he let people, he lets people be who they are, and I think that's a form of recognition in that he entertains us and 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 uh, is is um, 
transparent with us. So all kinds of standard things. I tell people, man, right now we're not necessarily doing anything new under the sun as it relates to recognition, right? Or hiring or rewards. But the key is we're doing it consistently, right? And that's the key. That that piece is huge. Yeah. Um, and I think you can always be, you can always evolve your engagement program, whatever yes. cultural initiatives you're doing. Um, it doesn't, you can evolve them without it being flavor of the month, mm-hmm. right? You can build right. on them and things should always change. You shouldn't just have the same right. hiring practice or the same recognition practice for years and years and years, you should change it up and, and evolve it. Yeah. Uh, but it should be a step up. It shouldn't be a, let's completely wash away what we did before. Here's something that I didn't think about till, till just the other day. Right. Uh, last month in May, I conducted four webinars, uh, an hour each, uh, two were on time management and two were on habits of successful people. And this and is internally for your staff. This right? is our internally for my part-time arena staff. Right. So conducted a couple webinars and, um, you know, kind of felt like the radio host, you know, um, in that in reading the chat, uh, cause probably I, I would start the webinars about five, about eight minutes till the hour, uh, and then start about two minutes after the hour. And, uh, in a chat, I would be calling people's name. Hey, David from security. I see you logged on. Hey, KG. Hey, Sharon. Right. And I'm calling their names. And it's funny about the, about the second or third one, I was getting text messages on my phone. KG, call my name. (laughs) (laughs) Right. KG, shout me out. And so I'm like, you know, D, I see you there, man. I'm calling you out. Or Marion, I see you. I'm calling you out. And I say it's a form of recognition in that that was a training session, right? But I started with music and I was shouting people out and people felt like, wow, if he calls my name, I'm somebody. Hmm. And let me, and let me say this. I'm nobody. I'm just a leader. I'm in the fight with them. I'm on the front line creating memorable experiences. But for that moment, when I call their name out, they felt right. Great. Mm-hmm. Simple. Simple stuff. Well, let's, I mean, obviously we talked a lot about recognition, but more, it's more so really about engagement and genuine care. Yes. Uh, But I think another really important component of culture is professional development, which Mm -hmm. you just said you were putting on these different webinars. Can you talk a little bit about how, even for the, for, for people that are part-time staff, they're not even full-timers, how you guys have approached uh, professional development with this, with this group? Well, that's great, man. And, and, and that's my passion. Right. Um, and when I when I joined up, when I joined Disney back in, what was it? Oh, uh, eight, I believe it was whenever it was, you know, spent those years in in the Emporium. I had a desire. The Emporium, I, by the way, is Magic Kingdom's <laughs> busiest retail store. Yes. I, Kevin, as, as you so famously say, I still use it. I still say this when describing the Emporium. It's like Black Friday every day at three o'clock. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. right? You know, um, yeah, it, it's a busy place. But even in those times, man, I had a desire to do what we did where we connected at Disney Institute to share knowledge. Right. Um, and so that's my passion. Knowledge is my passion. Knowledge, if used right, is power. Right. And, and knowledge is empowering if used the way intended. So that's my passion. And I believe if I show you, if I teach you, if I walk alongside you to encourage you to do a great job, you'll do a great job 
because now it's not just about you, the employee, it's about the relationship I have with you. Um, so again, in my role currently, I am the, you know, uh, over arena, uh, employee experience and learning development. And, and we want it, we use it as a touch point. And, you know, we talk about the touch points in a guest or customer's life or journey coming to your venue. Well, this is a touch point as well. Um, just like rewards and recognitions in the employee's journey. Mm-hmm. And so the time management, the habits of successful uh, people that we we taught on the webinar a few weeks ago or throughout the month of May, it's not just about, we're, we're not even in the arena. So it has nothing to do with the arena. It has something to do with you, the individual, okay? Uh, and how you better your time. And believe it or not, man, I got feedback in some of the surveys. Wow, KG, that was good. I didn't think about it. I actually walked two miles while I was on that conference call. Right. You know, and just little empowering things that help people be better people. And and that's what leadership is about. Help people be better people. It's not about title. It's not about privilege. It's not about the best seats in the house or 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 premium foods. (laughs) It's about helping people be better so we can all enjoy, enjoy that. So learning development is something passion. I'm working now. Actually, I'm going to start next Thursday. I'm going to start just a, a 20 minute. Uh, morning chat every Thursday from eight yeah. to eight twenty for anybody that can log on and we can have a chat. One of the things we did in our briefings, our standups for guest experience last year was was word of the day. So the word of the day might be empowerment. The word of the day might be dedication. The word of the day might be uh, uh, resilience. So we're gonna have a word of the day, and we're just gonna have an inspirational moment uh, during that twenty minute segment uh, every Thursday from eight to eight twenty. Just again, so people can feel connected, you know, uh, you know, we, we briefly talked about it in setting up, you know, I feel as I as though I have an obligation. Right. I can't in, in the midst of this this pandemic and this racial crisis, I have an obligation for the 11, 1200 part time people that I have responsibility for. In, in addition to their leaders. Because their leaders look to me as well from, hey, what's our training this week? What are we going to develop them on? Right. So they look to me as well. Um, And so the obligation then is to empower, to give an outlet uh, and to encourage people through all these crises that we're going through, man. And um, uh, this is this is I'll I'll get personal here for a moment. It's the first time in my life and my career. Right. That I'm in a position where I have to act. You know, I have to act not for me on behalf of my people that I think will eventually help all of us, you know. So uh, so learning development, man, is serious. It permeates across job, personal, emotional, right, spiritual, all those things. And to your point, right, if, if we just think about it as how can we help them do their job better? It's limited. That's, that's transactional, honestly. Yes. That's saying, how can I prepare them to make my situation better? Uh, whether you're acting on behalf of the organization or whatever it might be. So yeah. I, I love that you guys are setting up these conversations to have deeper talks. You're doing things like, hey, how can you focus on time management? You're helping them be better people. Ultimately, that will help the Atlanta Hawks organization. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's coming from a different place. Yeah. I'll give you another example, man. Uh, last season, uh, we did what we called, uh, well, going into last season, we did what we called leadership boot camp. And my partner, my partner facilitator 
was the Levy director of training and people. So again, a united front on stage. He has a training background. And so we led this leadership boot camp, four sessions. Well, it was four sessions started off with an orientation because they were like, what? And this was for our frontline supervisors. Again, so about 115 people total across all lines of business. And we brought them in the room together. Some of them didn't even know each other. Right. So, again, we're building that relationship and leadership boot camp. We started with an orientation and there were four three hour sessions, Um, communication, crucial conversations, leadership and and uh, obtaining the results. And those were the sessions. And we facilitated those sessions. And again, it was, yes, ultimately going to help us be better, help them be better in their jobs at the arena. But of course, some of them have full time jobs, too. So it's going to help them be better in life. Right. And so, again, another message, if I can give. Yes, it's about the control, the responsibility that we have as leaders, as execs in our building, in our venue. Right. For our organization. But if we look beyond that and think about what we do can have an impact for people in their personal lives. Wow. Or those that work full time as part timers with us, if they take it back to their full time job. Well, this is what I learned in my, my in my venue. And they take it into a meeting. Oh, wow. Your venue is doing something. Right. Now you're making the community a better place, too. Absolutely. If if you're listening to this and thinking, holy hell, that sounds like <laughs> a lot of training. And that's way more than what we're doing in our organization. It's because you're right. It probably is way more than what you're doing. But you can't have this conversation of how can we get our people to smile and care more about our people if you don't invest in them? Yeah. If you don't spend the time, the energy, the resources, the finances to get people to pay people to come to those trainings, yeah. if you don't do those things, they're not going to deliver the experiences that you expect from them on game day. And, and that's what it is. And you said a key thing, pay them, pay them for the training, right? Pay them for the training. Just out of curiosity, uh, you don't have to share this if you don't want, but uh, coming out of Atlanta Hawks budget or uh, third parties budgets? All together. It's all, to, it's all, it's together. all Again, together. That's when you have those bigger conversations <laughs> and you elevate it. There's a yeah. lot of benefits. It's all together. Right. Because it, again, you know, you invest in what's important to you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Culture is important to us. You hire what you, you create, you create, there's not many teams that have a arena experience or stadium experience or venue experience and L and D team. Okay. But that's why y'all win the awards. Eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I think we're definitely going to have to do a part two here. Um, but Kevin, this has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This has been fun, man. This has been fun, man. And I, if I can leave you with one thing. Yes. You know, um, uh, in these times, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a John Maxwell speaker, coach and trainer, and I follow his teachings, which leadership teachings is timeless, I believe. Uh, One of the quotes that I love is leadership is not about titles, positions or flow charts. It's about one life influencing another. Right. As an exec, as a leader, as the leader in your organization, how do you influence people? How do you influence people for the better? How do you influence people to do an exceptional job, not just do their job, but do an exceptional job? Right. And then with the. I'll say power and authority and the influence that you have by title. How do you go out and influence our community in times like this? 
that's your responsibility as a leader. I take that serious. And, um, you know, I just hope my organizations, man, have been better for it. Beautifully said. Uh, that's a great way to close us. Uh, Kevin, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, reach out or follow along the journey, what are the best ways that people can do that? You can always reach me at kevin.gober, G-O-B-E-R, at hawks.com. Kevin.gober, G-O-B-E-R, at hawks.com. I always respond to emails. You active on LinkedIn, Twitter, yes. any, anywhere? LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on you know, Facebook probably once every uh, 12 days. <laughs> <laughs> but LinkedIn's a good uh, spot yeah. if people just want to follow along. LinkedIn's a great spot. And uh, one of the things that I'll be doing personally is starting my own kind of uh, podcast and, and leadership quotes and information out there. So, yeah, LinkedIn's a great way. Do we have a name for that? What, when, when does that drop? I don't know, man. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I might hit right, you cool. later to get some insights. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a part two when that's dropped so we can cross promote it. And uh, that's cool. Again, I think a lot of people uh, are, are going to be interested in what you guys and the Atlanta Hawks continue to do going forward. So, Kevin, once again, thanks for coming on. Hey, appreciate your time, man, having me, dude. All right. We'll see you later. Peace. Hey, guys, before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue. So when you're with us, hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.